following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. It's time now to head up north for the MSP North podcast covering prep sports in Montgomery and Robertson counties with your host, Brady McAtamney and Blaine Keller. Gentlemen, welcome everybody to the MSP North podcast. Uh, It's been a long week so far already. We both had a pair of 10 inning games already this week and it's only Wednesday. Uh, Blaine, how you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm exhausted, but probably not exhausted as you, you know, that, that five-hour uh, Clarksville-Rossview game that you had just a couple of days ago. I'm sure there's still some layover from that. Oh, man, it was it was a game for sure. But uh, we're looking forward uh, now to a great show. Um, we've got uh, a head coach, and actually for the first time on the MSV North podcast, we have a player coming in. Um, we have Joe Burns, softball senior, Corey Harris, joining us today as our first guest. Corey, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Really excited for our game today, actually. Yeah, Corey, and you mentioned that game. Obviously, today's matchup rescheduled, but Trousdale County and Joe Burns ending out the regular season district slate. Number one on the line here in an, actually an auto-bid region uh, spot on the line as well because the number one seed will get the opportunity to move to that next round and play in the district championship game automatically. Corey, what, what have you guys kind of done to maybe prepare for this one? You know, I know that first meeting with Trousdale was a pretty close battle as well. Um, I think that mentally we're going to have to go in this strong. Like like you said, the first game, we kind of started off in a little rough patch. Um, we definitely didn't play as well as our ability would let us, let us. But I think we do have a lot of getting through it and pushing through it. So I think that we will be able to pull through. Yeah, you guys have played some really good teams this season. Um, You know, looking at your schedule, you've played teams like Summertown, Forest, and uh, Springfield, a fellow Robertson County school. Um, How have games against those schools uh, helped you prepare, you know, for games like you're going to have tonight? Um, I think definitely playing better competition will lead us to playing in the future, maybe even going to the state tournament is what we're looking forward to. So playing um, not so good teams. I think it just makes us play a little bit more down to their um, ability. So I think playing better teams it will help us lead up to the better competition that we'll be having, especially in the regional and district tournaments that we'll have soon. And you mentioned, you know, maybe the opportunity of getting to the state tournament. Joe Burns last year reached the sectional round for the first time in its school history. But as we talked about last week, Corey, you know, you're the only senior on this team that plays. It's a three-person senior class, but because of injuries and other situations, you're the only one that plays, and you're playing alongside four freshmen and four sophomores. I know I kind of asked this question, and I'll phrase it a little differently this time, but are there any moments where either on the field or off the field, it feels like you're playing with eight underclassmen, like maybe you're just, you know, realize, you know, wow, these people are, you know, all two or three years younger than I am? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I think most of my life I've played with older people, so um, the toll definitely does take um, a little bit of impact on me, especially lately. So I think that I really just need to put all my trust into them. Even if they are a little bit younger, they still do have as much ability as I do. Is there any pressure of being that lone senior on the field? Like, does it does it make you think, like, I really need to be the leader on the field or I really need to – 
you know, be the one to set the example? Or do you think that um, that kind of comes naturally? Or is that something that you don't even think about? Um, I definitely think lately these games have been taking a little bit of a toll on me. I do, um, especially being able to play with um, one of the other seniors at Tour ACL Munich really one of my closest friends, Grayson. Um, I think the toll has definitely taken a toll on me, especially since he can't be playing. So I think I just really need to put all my trust and think about not really that I should be leading the team, but, I mean, obviously I do need to set an example, but I think that I just need to be able to put um, – realize that I do not have to do everything on the team. Like, everyone, it's a team sport. I don't have to focus on me hitting the ball every time. Like, obviously, there's going to be situations where I do need to be pulling through, but everyone's going to go for that, so. Well, you mentioned that you don't have to do everything. When you look at the stat sheet for Joe Burns, at least on the offensive side, the top six hitters for the team are either freshmen or sophomores. So, you know, we talked a little bit earlier last week about some of the big contributors, but once again, you know, who are some of these underclassmen that are really providing a big impact so far, either, you know, at the plate or in the field? Um, in the field, we are basically unbeatable. I feel like anything that when I'm pitching, anything in the outfield, I know for a fact is going to get caught. Um, Bella and Faith and Alyssa really have held that spot down, especially as younger um, athletes. Um, in the infield, most of the time, like I have absolute 100% trust. If anything is hit right to someone, I have no, absolutely no doubt that they're not going to catch it. So I really do believe in them. Um, offensively, Julia Arms has helped us a lot. Kalia and Callie have both stepped up to the plate um, a lot, too, especially Bella, too. And, you know, you mentioned the young, you know, I mentioned and we mentioned the young team that you guys have, and you kind of balance that with maybe returning to the sectional round and getting an opportunity to play in the state tournament. Outside of that, are there any other goals that you've maybe set for yourself heading into the last week of the regular season and then the district tournament? Um, I really think that I just need to focus on having fun. Like you said, I'm a senior, so this is going to be my last year, especially playing with all these girls that I've played with for basically my whole entire life just because I've lived here for so long. So I really just think, um, kind of take the pressure off myself and not really focus on that I'm the only senior and upperclassman, but focus on all of the laughs that I'm going to be having and all of that. Last question we've got for you here, Corey. I wanted to talk a little bit about Vol State softball. You're obviously signed to play there and hoping to play both ways. As of right now, as a senior, you're batting 270 and you have a 173 average uh, ERA in the circle. You know, Vol State's number 13 in the junior college poll. Uh, can you talk again about the excitement that you kind of have in joining that squad and what you're maybe hoping to accomplish in the two years that you get to play there? Um, hopefully, I go in there starting most of the time. I really want to focus on playing shortstop and, of course, pitching just a little bit, maybe not all the time, just because other people that practice it constantly and are always um, working at it probably will have a little bit more um, ability than I do. Um, I think I definitely need to work on hitting a little bit more, and I need to focus on that. So hopefully it will work out good for me. Well, Corey, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad we could get you out of class for a little bit this afternoon. Um Good luck tonight in your game and the rest of the season. All right. Thank you very much. Well, Brady, I didn't mean to, to correct you here, but it's it's the first high school athlete we've had, second athlete, period. Luke Brown earlier in the season joined That's us right. on the MSP North podcast. Hopefully not the same outcome after that one. It seemed like Austin Peay kind of took a dip after we brought Luke Brown on. So 
Let's hope yeah. we're not a bad omen. Yeah, there there better not be a curse associated with us. But you're right. Yeah, first high school athlete. Um, good stuff from Corey Harris. Uh, we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, another great interview with Rossview head coach Parker Holman. Stay tuned. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. We've all heard the saying that a little can go a long way. This is especially true during the Big Payback's 24-hour online giving event, helping support hundreds of local nonprofit organizations. From 6 p.m. on May 4th through 6 p.m. May 5th, a gift of as little as $10 could be boosted by cash prizes and help to make a big difference in the life-changing work of local nonprofits. Learn more at thebigpayback.org. Nobody covers high school sports quite like Main Street Preps, bringing you hyper local coverage of the teams and athletes in your backyard. Wherever your Main Street is, well, we've got a podcast for you. The Sumner County Sports Podcast with Zach Womble. Or how about Casey's Take on Sports with Dixon Post and Cheatham County Exchange Sports Reporter Casey Patrick. Or how about this one right here, the MSP North Podcast covering Montgomery and Robertson counties with Brady Mack and BK, a.k.a. Blaine Keller. And this week in Main Street Preps with Russell Venosi and Tyler Palmatier. It's all here from Main Street Preps. Find the latest prep sports news from your Main Street at MainStreetPreps.com and find these podcasts dropping weekly on these Main Street media social platforms and wherever you get your podcast. Now, we take you back up north. Here's Brady and Blaine. Welcome back to the MSP North Podcast. Uh, we are welcoming in Parker Holman, head coach of the Rossview Baseball Hawks, fresh off a district series sweep of the Clarksville High Wildcats. They'll play another one on Thursday, but as far as the ones that count for the district, they got them both. Parker, how you doing? I'm doing great, Brady. How are you today, man? We're doing good. You're probably still recovering a little bit, uh, trying to catch up on your sleep schedule from that real long game on Monday night. Um, tell us about how, what it was like playing a game so soon after going 10 innings and playing a full five hours, almost until midnight. Yeah. Um, first, I want to thank you guys for just taking the time to have me on and to bring some light to our program. You guys do a fantastic job, and I'm excited about being on today. But um, as far as the game itself, the Monday night game, I've been a part of uh, quite a few Rossview and Clarksville High games, and I can honestly say that was the only one that we've ever played that went almost five hours. Um, and I was impressed, honestly, with, with both baseball programs and the fact that, you know, the kids 
showed up Tuesday and still played hard. I mean, looking at kids that, you know, they were getting off the field around 11 o'clock and having to go home and get up, go to school and still take care of their classroom responsibilities and everything that that entailed. And, you know, it it was just an impressive sight to see two programs where, you know, kids were tired, still absolutely get after it on a Tuesday night, less than, you know, 10 hours after completion of game one. Well, Coach, I was curious, you know, two-parter here. One, you mentioned that you haven't had a Clarksville series a rivalry game that long before. Have you had a, a game that you've coached go for five hours before? And when you have to play that game the next day, does focus ever become a factor at that point? Well, you know, that was the impressive thing for, for really both teams is, you know, I think I think both teams, every pitch, the the focus was there, you know, and I think um, everyone that watched game one would agree um, it was anything but clean baseball for major program. We we both found ways to extend innings and put way too many guys on for free. And, you know, with the weather conditions, it, it was tough on pitchers in game one. And, and that was definitely a factor with the sloppiness of the game. But, you know, myself and Coach Hedlund have been watching the weather all day and we had got a report that that was going to clear out and we made a call to play and I respected the call that he made and lo and behold, we get a 30 minute shower to start off the game. So, um, I was impressed with the kids. I know our kids and even their kids, um, speaking on their behalf, just the fact that they were able to focus for that long of baseball. I mean, that was 17 innings of gut wrenching baseball that, that all the kids involved did a good job of, of just focusing and, and battling for every pitch, you know, even, even with the 400-plus pitches in game one, then you add the pitches in game two. I thought it was incredible to watch high school kids be able to focus in for that that longevity of the games and the series. Yeah, you guys got a really good pitching performance in that 6-3 game two win from Reed Leonard that came uh, just one night after getting um, about f- almost five innings of great pitching from Hezekiah Scott. Um, I know pitching hasn't been necessarily your guys' strength this season, um, but talk about what you guys saw from those cut two pitching performances. And if you think that those are two pitching performances um, that can maybe spark some of the other pitchers, maybe get things going a little bit. Well, you know, um, pitching, pitching hasn't been as nearly as bad as, as one might think, you know, Shannon Rice has been tremendous for us all year. Um, he did, he did have some free passes. That I think he'd like to have back, but, Throwing in that big a game in the weather, he, he's really went up against the gauntlet. His, you know, he's thrown against the Good Pastures and the McCracken County, who in Kentucky they'll probably be in the state tournament. It's probably in the state championship, if I was to guess. Um, and Hezekiah Scott, he's thrown against Tarville and Houston and Independence. So the the moment I wasn't worried about being too big for those guys. You know, we played a tough schedule for a reason. The reason was we wanted to be prepared for May. You know, everybody wants to get caught up in records, but, you know, honestly, what happens in March and April is just a testimony for for what direction you're going in May. And we feel confident that our schedule's prepped not only our pitching staff, but our hitters and hopefully our fielders as well in the fact that, you know, I don't feel that we shot away from competition in our scheduling and, you know, we went and played the, the Memphis schools. We played every school that we'll see in our sectionals. We're fortunate enough to get there. We played Starville and Houston and into, um, excuse me, Arlington. And, you know, 
I'm just proud of the kids for responding and, and keeping their nose down and keep working. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you look at your lineup and you guys have some guys who are already college bound and getting some college looks. Uh, Andrew Jordan, of course, committed to play at Austin P with a couple of other uh, guys in the city. Uh, Brady Cooper, who has gotten looks from some power five schools. Um, who are some other guys uh, in that lineup on the team that you think uh, could be playing some college ball next season? Well, um, I think one of our <clears throat> leading voices and honestly one of our biggest bats in our lineup is is Dylan Kazee. And, you know, we lost him after the Independence game about two weeks ago. Him and Scotty Dean had a collision, and he had a severe <clears throat> bruise um, to his left quad. And when I mean severe, you know, he couldn't walk for two or three days. And we had to battle through almost a two-week span where not only we did not have him in the lineup hitting, we didn't have him defensively in the outfield. And he he's our number three on the mound, at least going into the year. And, you know, that kid <clears throat> went down and beat Bartlett on their, on their home field in Memphis on a Thursday night game on the mound. So we had to do a lot of shuffling. And it put some, some pressure on some guys that we weren't expecting. And, you know, we had to we had to make it through the dog day, so to speak, without him. But he he's been a, a you know solid force all year, and he he's just such a a solid at bat every time he comes to the plate, and he's just a hard out. You know, I think he really adds depth and diversity to our lineup, and and also takes some pressure off off of other guys that hit before him and and after. Him. Yeah, you mentioned he's a hard out. Um, my latest impression of him was him hitting a ball probably a, a good 400 feet to dead center field at Clarksville High on Monday night. Um, a ball that I've only seen uh, Kyle McGrann's hit out there uh, from last season, and he's now at Vanderbilt. So that's pretty good company for a guy like Dylan to uh, hit a ball out to that shed in uh, in center field at Clarksville. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the biggest transformation to Dylan's game at the play is, you know, his junior year, he got off to a really hot start and, but everything was pool mindset. And just going into senior year, he did a tremendous job in the offseason of just learning how to stay behind the baseball and not hit the outer half of it and yank everything. And, you know, he, he's been rewarded with um, some success in doing so. You know, he's a big, strong kid. He does a great job in the weight room for us. And he, he's learned that, hey, you know, I can hit balls, you know, just as hard to all parts of the park instead of just hitting on the outer half of the baseball and pulling everything. And I think that's, that, you know, transformed his game to another level that when he gets a shot to play college baseball, it's going, it's going to be pay dividends for him. And he's going, he's going to have a good career moving on after high school, I believe. Coach, just based off what, what Brady kind of wrote during his recap of that five-hour first game, you know, that, that win against Clarksville was the first one in at least, I believe, two years because of COVID. And then, you know, obviously last year, Clarksville winning on a couple of walk-offs how good was that for your guys? I mean, did, did that do anything morale-wise? You mentioned that you've played a really tough schedule in preparation for May, but whenever you talk about those games that happen inside of Montgomery County, I mean, how big was that for your team? Oh, you know, anytime that you can you can beat your cross-town rival in a game that, that holds the weight of, you know, who's hosting the district tournament, you know, and of course we still have to take business, care of business against West Creek for that to happen, but you know, it pays dividends. And, and those kids have, you know, they really got the short end of the stick in the fact that the seniors that we have now, you know, their last 
win, like you said, against Parkland High was in 2019. But, you know, we lost the 2020 season, in which was a season we had 15 seniors, you know, and seven of the 15 went on to play college baseball. And some of these seniors, such as Dylan and, and Colin Pedigo and, and other guys, they were going to be role players on that team, you know, guys that, that get at bats and, and learn. And, but, the pressure is not necessarily going to be on their shoulders because, you know, the Gage Bradleys and the Gage Seiberts and Caleb Bonds and Jackson Isaacs and Bracken Rices and all those kids that we had on that 2020 team, they were going to carry the weight and the blunt of what we were going to have to do. And those guys were just going to get a chance to learn and really just learn how to play our brand of baseball. You know, we talk about it all the time, just our blue collar brand and not expecting to, to receive anything, but working hard to get everything. And that was just a big year for us. And the fact that we, we lost that. And those kids didn't get to play a role. And then in 2021, they were forced in to, you know, play the roles where you got to carry the weight. And they never got an opportunity to play. Uh, we always say they never got to be Robin. They were just forced into the Batman role. And that's hard to do for 15, 16, 17-year-old kids if after losing a year in which they, they could have got some experience in more of a relaxed setting. Yeah, absolutely, and you got to see one of your guys make an insane catch for uh, Tennessee just the other day to win the game. Um, I mean, Ross, you out there making plays all over, uh, all over the place. But um, so you know, like you said, season's not over. Uh, West Creek series, you still got to win those, and then you'll get to uh, host that district, assuming you guys get those games against a pretty solid West Creek team. Um, you still got that Thursday game against CHS coming up. That non-district game should be a fun one. Um, but Parker, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to you and uh, best of luck the rest of the season. I'm sure I will see you again. Thank you guys so much for having us on. and Thank you for the coverage that you do for Montgomery County and all the other surrounding counties. You guys do a fabulous job and we look forward to seeing you out at the park anytime we can. Absolutely, man. It is our pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Coach. Well, Brady, we'll take one more break here. When we come back, we'll give you our player performance of the week, game of the week, and our one thing segment. game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. We've all heard the saying that a little can go a long way. This is especially true during the Big Payback's 24-hour online giving event, helping support hundreds of local nonprofit organizations. From 6 p.m. on May 4th through 6 p.m. May 5th, a gift of as little as $10 could be boosted by cash prizes and help to make a big difference in the life-changing work of local nonprofits. Learn more at thebigpayback.org. Tune in weekdays live at 2 o'clock for Main Street Sports Today. From preps to pros, 
Chris Moe and producer JP will have it for you each day at 2 o'clock on all of these Main Street Media social platforms. And don't forget the podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, the first half, the second half, and the special guest, tune in on this Thursday. We'll have our Coach's Corner and, as always, this day in Braves history. From preps to pros, it's Main Street Sports Today with Chris Moe and JP. Now, back to the MSP North. We head north with Brady and Blaine. Gentlemen? The MSP North podcast. We're like Ohio State now. Uh, we, got, we got that kind of reputation around town. Um, I mentioned a, a Rossview player making an insane catch for Tennessee uh, baseball. Uh, that was Christian Scott. I, I wanted to say his name. I, I, I couldn't get it off the top of my head, but uh, that was Christian Scott, former Rossview player, um, now for Tennessee. Um, I'm sure Tennessee fan, Falls fans are, uh, are enjoying watching him play right now. Um, but Blaine, what do you say we get into our one thing segment for this week? Um, I know we got some good stuff to talk about, so why don't you kick us off? Absolutely. Revenge is the best dish served cold. I think I butchered that. But last night it was cold, and Springfield got some revenge on Clarksville and softball. 19 days after uh, Emberly Nichols and Austin P. Sunny hammered a ball to center field to down Springfield 2-0 in the bottom of the seventh. Lauren Nicholson, a sophomore, hits a two-run double in the tenth to beat them and you know that ultimately set Springfield up to have control of its own fate when it comes to being the number one seed. Immediately following the game, athletic director Dustin Wilson held a coin toss on the circle to decide who the regular season district champ would be, barring that both teams win out, you know, in the remainder of their games in the district, and Springfield was the winner. So not only getting revenge in that game, but getting revenge in being the top seed in District 13 4A, barring any losses. How about that? Coming down to a coin toss. You don't see that too often. Um, talk about talk about a climatic coin toss, man. Um, but uh, I, I wanted to uh, look at uh, a sport we haven't talked about too much on the MSB North podcast, uh, just considering the timetable that we started. Um, spring football practice starting up this week in uh, Montgomery County. I know schools like uh, Montgomery Central are getting at it. Uh, Clarksville High, I know, is uh, excited to get going. Um just all these schools really looking forward to a strong season. There have been a lot of coaching changes in the county. Um, so definitely going to be some new looks for some of the schools. Uh, and also this Saturday, West Creek is kind of holding a uh, combine style event for some of the schools in the area. So that should be a lot of fun for those guys to uh, get out there, run the 40, maybe uh, pump some iron, take some uh, some some leaps, vertical leaps, um, some good stuff. And uh, speaking of football, former Clarksville High offensive lineman, Jason Neaton, one of the biggest high schoolers I've seen in my entire life. Uh, he, he was about he's about six seven, two fifty or something like that. He made me as a as as a grown man feel like a child standing next to him. Um, he entered the transfer portal after spending the past two seasons at Eastern Michigan. So um, that's some other also uh, some football news in there for you. Lots of things happening this spring, and the transfer portal just keeps adding to it. I mean, it's like oh, yeah. another coaching carousel almost. Uh, well, we'll stick a little bit in spring here and talk about Greenbrier. Just, it doesn't matter what sport they're playing right now. They're red hot. 10 of 11 wins uh, in baseball. They, they've got a hot streak in softball. Just pitched a perfect game last week. And in soccer, they're 9-2. and two. So, I mean, it just kind of feels at this point, if you want to watch a Greenbrier game, go to any of, any of the three sports that they're playing, the three major sports. 
sports track and field. So, I mean, you've got a lot of different options if you're a Greenbrier fan. It's a good time to be a fan of them right now. Absolutely. And that's coming off a good basketball season for them as well. Um, and uh, looking at a, uh, a season, regular season, I should say, that's already just about wrapped up. Uh, it's Clarksville Academy. The baseball team uh, has locked up the number two seed in their upcoming tournament. Um, you know, pr- all things considered pretty good considering some of the teams that are in that district. Um, their first game is going to be against um, Mount Juliet Christian. If they win that game on Friday, they're going to see DCA on Saturday, a team that they have beaten this season and are actually ranked ahead of in the TBCA poll. So potentially some good stuff coming up for Clarksville Academy. Um, they've been a very good team all year, played some really good teams, and uh, their postseason is uh, getting started this week. That's a tough road for Clarksville Academy. I mean, the second round against DCA, considering if they get there, that's two SEC prospects that you're going up against. One from Tennessee, one from Vanderbilt. So a lot a lot for CA to look up to there, especially, I mean, even if they get past that, you got to face the number one seed at that point. As for our performance of the week, let me stick with Greenbrier, stick with the Lady Cats. Shout out to Laura Walker. We highlighted her on the show earlier this year uh, for a, a no-hitter. And now she has a perfect game under her belt this season. Uh, seven innings and a one nothing win against White House. Just absolutely dominant. I mean, maybe it took two hours to complete the game. You know, she's just really been on a, on a tear this season after getting some experience last year when the Lady Cats made the state tournament. And if they want to make a return, she's going to be the key for that. Absolutely. And another pitcher uh, for my performance of the week here, um, I mentioned him when we were talking to uh, Coach Parker Holman, uh, is Hezekiah Scott. Um, this kid only a sophomore, so he wasn't even um, – he was in middle school the last time Clarksville uh, took a loss to Rossview. So – that, you know, that puts it in perspective a little bit. He was a seventh grader um, last time that that happened. Um, this guy is a, uh, a two-sport athlete. He was uh, also split time as starting quarterback this season for Rossview. But uh, in that win against CHS, he pitched from the, I want to say, the sixth inning on to the tenth inning. So he got the win. Four and two-thirds innings, three hits, ten strikeouts in that span. He was absolutely dealing and a huge reason why Rossview was able to get that first win. And they lock up, as we mentioned, the, the district number one seed at that point. Let's go to our game of the week. Brady, what do you got? Yeah, looking at the game of the week, um, Rossview versus soccer. I, I, I just only typed Monday on there. They're actually playing uh, today on Wednesday as we record this. So that's my bad. Sorry, JP. I made you. Uh, I made your graphic look wrong. Um, but uh, Rossview versus uh, Clarksville soccer, of course, it's rivalry week. Um it's, it's, you can't say much more than that. Rossview has been a great team all season. Clarksville always going to be a good squad. Rossview just coming off a game against Brentwood last week. So, you know, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. They didn't They didn't beat them, but, I mean, just being able to play a team like that is um, – that's a, that's good experience for you. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that game. Absolutely. Should be a fun one. And this weekend, I think, if you're looking for some softball action, I know – Talked a lot about softball in this week, but it's a busy week for softball in Robertson County. The first annual Robertson County Classic held at Springfield. I've heard there's going to be a home run derby. Obviously, a lot of the Robertson County schools will be involved. Uh, it should be a fun weekend. Just a lot of great action between some really strong programs. You've got at least three teams in Robertson County right now that are just absolutely shining in their respective districts. So you got a free weekend. Check it out. You had a pick in the home run derby? Uh, you know, I think I got to go Sarah Nicholson. She's got seven home runs on the season, batting 400. Trevaca Saini, I don't I don't know of anybody else in this county that has that many home runs. 
Yeah, uh, I, would, so, I, I was thinking probably one of the Nicholson sisters. Um, Bria's money could could get there, but um, yeah. you know she might be more focused on on pitching over the weekend. Um, maybe maybe they give you a chance to uh, get out there and maybe hit oh, some dingers. Absolutely not. I I cannot can't hit a can't hit anything. Maybe that's why I wear glasses, man. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You you were you were a, a band kid in high school, right? Instead yeah, I played of, the trombone. Not yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, well, if you were getting on the field, it was to uh, play the national anthem or uh, at halftime. I did good at it too. So I believe so, it. Give give me some props there. Absolutely, that, absolutely, and it was worth it. You know, you got to meet your your future wife that way. Um, That's right. So, hey, can't complain about that. If, if it means you can't hit a hit a ball as an adult, you know, as, as a, it's a decent. Who's the real winner, right? I think it's me. So exactly. I got the I'm, ring. We'll we'll give you that. Yeah, exactly. That's one way to get a ring. Um, like all the teams, we'll be looking forward to doing next month in May at Spring Play. There, there you go, sports time. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us on another week of the MSP North podcast. It was a pleasure as always, and uh, we look forward to talking to you next week. Have a good one. This has been the MSP North podcast with your host, Brady McAtamney and Blaine Keller. Follow Brady on Twitter at Brady underscore MSP and Blaine at sports underscore BK and always at Main Street Preps and online at MainStreetPreps.com. The MSP North Podcast is a Main Street Media production.